0: Okay so hi everyone and welcome back to um, another episode of Faith Brunel's Insights. I'm Faith Brunel and today we have Toma.
1: Oh uh, yep Toma.
0: He's um, here with us today. Kindly introduce yourself to the listeners and then we'll get into the actual episode for today.
1: So yeah my name is uh, Toma and I'm kind of a, I'm a year 12 student and I am currently in my first year of A-levels yeah. and I'm studying currently three subjects geography, product design, and sociology but I also have an interest kind of outside of school this being more uh trophy based more about the climate and climate change and kind of uh, the COP in general which recently happened which I kind of want to talk about in this podcast.
0: Yeah yeah perfect thank you that's really really good like um, insight into who you are and a bit about it as well so uh, for those who aren't aware we're here to talk about the COP26 um, summit which happened this year what was the catalyst for your interest in the environment?
1: Um, I would say this was about two three years ago mm. when I was kind of in key stage three and um kept looking at the news of kind of what the world has come to what kind of impacts of our our own actions has kind of caused the future to be so you've seen the outcomes that by 2050 there's going to be quite a lot of places underwater you can see kind of the effects the effects climate change has had different environments the different plant species and from kind of year eight year nine i felt something kind of in me to kind of prevent almost or to mitigate the the cause so that I guess kind of looking at the news and also kind of looking around my surroundings I saw a lot of plastics on the ground, a lot of rubbish, kind of um, waste Plastic waste combined with climate change just kind of irritated me in general. So, kind of my own motivation or my catalyst for the environment.
0: Yeah, that's actually quite interesting as well. And I share a similar sentiment, or you because when I was in secondary school and um, in um, college and now university, I did always see people like, you know, not using the bins and kind of just like throwing things everywhere. And it's just like, you know, I think that we do have a a collective responsibility to try and, as you said, to mitigate the cause of this as well. Because, like, even if it's as simple as putting Plastic bottle into the right part of the bin. You know, you know how we have those bins that are like um, recycling or whatever. I think even just doing that, that is one step in in the right direction, and that can really help to save our environment and and save our planet really as well. So, thanks for really shedding some light into that and giving us um, an insight into, you know, what your catalyst was as well. I think that for those listening as well, it's really important to just try and make a difference where you are as well because that makes. Um, a lot of difference if you all just use, you know, small and simple things. So in the next section, everyone, we're going to delve more into the COP26 summit because it's very, very recent. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about that as well. <laughs> Okay, so everyone, so in this section, we're going to talk about the COP26 summit. So basically, the COP summit is, um, is basically the formal meeting of the United Nations Convention on Climate Change. It stands for Conference of the Parties. And this is basically the governing body for, the, you know, for international uh, conventions, first all of the parties involved. So these are all of the world leaders and heads of state, as well as the decision making process of basically reviewing and putting the rules of convention into effect. It takes place every year, obviously it didn't happen last year. Just a bit of context, really historical context um, about, COP, um, about COP as a whole. The first COP meeting was actually held in Berlin, in Germany, in March 1995. Um, And since that, we've had a few significant meetings, for example, COP11, where the Montreal action was produced, COP15 in Copenhagen and COP17 in Durban, where the Green Climate Fund was created. And then this year, obviously, the COP, um, you know, it it, it was a 26th meeting, which met in Glasgow in Scotland. So... Just want to give out um, a reference to my source there. I use Agency. They're, you know, they're wonderful, insightful art. A key and crucial question, and one question that a lot of people will probably have at the back of their minds is why does COP matter? COP21, which was held in Paris in 2015, secured this really crucial Paris Agreement, which basically was an unprecedented, meaning that it hadn't been seen before. Uh, it was a unification or coming together of the world's nations, agreeing to limit, um, basically, or to reduce uh, the, the amount of carbon emissions and to combat climate change and then in November the following year in 2016 the Paris agreement entered into force um, basically with the signatory countries so those who have signed committed to low carbon strategies which mark the beginning of the process of reducing global emissions so when we say that we're going to basically try and reduce global emissions it changes a lot of things so it's from agriculture to manufacturing and the way that we will consume things basically has to change in order to save our planet and this is in order to make that crucial pro and to ensure that the world's emissions remain under this two degree limit as well so okay and I'll turn to you Thomas. for nearly three decades almost seven years the United Nations has been bringing together almost every country for what we know as a climate summit also referred to as mentioned before as COP conference of the party so can you briefly help the listeners to understand what significant contribution does the coming together of these notable world leaders make the climate ag- agenda
1: I mean the COP as you mentioned is kind of a conference of parties so kind of a lot of parties come together to discuss and kind of um, hope for a positive outcome so I think yeah. most of you may know kind of in the last one or two years working from home mm-hmm. let's say you're online and with your peers or with your other colleagues it's quite hard to kind of negotiate or kind of spread opinions between yeah. each other well but if you do in person it's much much easier because you have you have a face-to-face connection Definitely. where you can see them and kind of feel what they're thinking and feel their Mm. thoughts so I I feel the COP allows um, world world leaders and the delegates to be in one space to kind of allow for a positive collaborative effort Mm. and also kind of networking with each other networking in different countries just in person I think everything is much better so I think when all parties come together in one space for about one or two weeks Mm. a lot of great outcomes can can arise but also uh, some disappointments may happen as well
0: yeah thank you for referencing the disappointments which we will get into a bit later to kind of ask you about your opinion about how the um how the summit really ended and see if there's anything else that you believe could have been done or can be done now um so then the next question i want to really um, ask you is how did you get the opportunity to attend this year's cop summit namely cop 26.
1: so um it's kind of like stepping stone process Mm. i would say so First of all, I signed up to kind of like an eco ambassador role for my school. Mm. So, this is where I had um, kind of, I was put in a position where I could talk with different people, talk with my school, talk with my peers mm. to say, what can we do to make this school more sustainable? What can we do to kind of reduce climate change or reduce the carbon footprint of our school uh, in terms of climate change? Mm. So, after I got that role, I got given a, given me the opportunity to join LSEN which is London School for Eco Network. And from there, I was able to collaborate with a wider range of pupils from around London. Mm -hmm. And then from that, I was able to join the UK SSN, which is the UK Schools for Sustainability Network, kind of acts as an umbrella between all the different networks. So Mm -hmm. this can be the LSCN different networks from Birmingham, Scotland, the Midlands, from everywhere around around the UK. Mm -hmm. And from the UK SSN, Uh, I was able to go to Glasgow as there was an option kind of when filling a form, like an application form. Mm. uh, Do you want to go to Glasgow and attend the COP26? And uh, I never say no. So (laughs) I applied for that and um, I got through and I was able to have a nice time in Glasgow and go there for three, four days.
0: Yeah that sounds really really interesting and personally for me if I had if I had the invitation to attend the summit I would have definitely taken it myself because why pass up such an opportunity really to sit there to just a witness change being made and people coming together I think that's so important because that's what you know that's what the COP summit is really about it's about climate change and it's about saving the environment so I think that's really important and thank you for really sharing that process by which you applied for an ambassadorial role which basically led yep. you into more um worth it in the end so I just want to kind of delve a bit more into you know the actual experience of being at the summit what was it like and have you attended anything similar before to do with the environment
1: it was, it was quite a thorough experience I mean we were able to go to kind of different venues these big venues high profile venues and um also kind of see quite a lot of politicians almost because yeah. previous two three four years when I was watching the news about this cop every single year uh, it was a lot of high-profile politicians and then to see them in real life yeah uh, it was quite it was quite a lot of different spaces to explore in the venue there were kind of two sections mm-hmm. in the cop so there was a blue zone and a green zone so the blue zone was mostly where kind of the politicians talked, right. and there were also some exhibitions there so I went to the and then there was a green zone mm-hmm. which was mostly for people outside so it's kind of managed by the uk government and it was a platform for the general public youth groups artists businesses right. and uh other voices and that had exhibitions workshops kind of awareness and different educational programs mm-hmm. so uh i attended from friday to sunday and yeah. on friday i was at the blue zone and saturday and sunday i was the green zone and um i would say the blue zone was probably the better of the green zone as uh I was able to also talk and talk at a keynote uh kind of a keynote event so I was able to talk with Bear girls who hosted a panel discussion where I was where I was able to talk about nature-based solutions and how the youth could influence nature-based solutions and how we could put forth our ideas because the younger generation we as kind of People under 20 years old, people under 30 years old, we will be living in this world in the next 50, 60 years. Yeah. So we kind of have quite a big say because mm-hmm. we are going to be living in possibly our whole lives in this climate crisis.
0: Have you attended anything similar before, um, you know, to do the environment or anything like that?
1: So prior to this, not things very big, but I was able to attend kind of like a mock COP summit. So this was related to the LSEN, which is the London Schools Eco Network. So there we were able to represent different countries and kind of talk about different policies and collaborating with different people who are different yeah. countries and kind of sharing different thoughts.
0: Yeah, so that's really, really interesting. And thank you for sharing some light on that. I can really sense a passion though in your voice about talking about how we can come together and really like, you know, to really save our um, planet. Really just kind of, I, I like this, uh, the term that nature-based uh, solutions and you were, you know, talking to Bear Grylls. And I just want to kind of, a question that really stemmed from that really is what advice would you give to students who want to do their bit to save the planet?
1: Um, so I feel students feel that they can't really impact the environment in a positive yeah. way but I think they could but this would be kind of taking taking it step by step so mm. you could kind of take initiative by yourself and kind of maybe um, lessen your intake of red meat because um, beef is quite a big carbon emitter or the process of making beef i don't know the correct statistics but it's Mm. one of the worst meats producing carbon emissions yeah and also talk with the school and kind of influence the school to do something because they probably have a bigger impact to society Mm. you could kind of talk about how can they actually reduce meat intake in the school maybe how they could reduce uh, certain plastics and where certain plastics are used such as cups packaging packaging and foods maybe even the amount of paper that is mm. kind of handed to people maybe plastic wallets I think all yeah. of this can be limited to kind of protect the environment
0: yeah thank you I think that's really those are some really good suggestions as to you know what we can do and I say we because I'm also a student as well so what we can do really um you know we can do our bit because I think what you mentioned about red meat red meat you know and the process as you said to make red meat is Um, It's a huge, um, you know, polluter because I was actually doing a bit of research there that um, actually it was was said here that um, beef production emits around 50 kilograms of greenhouse gas emissions just to produce 100 grams of protein. And, you know, it has a really high carbon footprint And in order to reduce that. Maybe we should kind of change our meals and things like that. So I've seen a lot of people are now becoming vegan. Um, and they've done and they're trying to do their bit to save the planet uh, personally. you know um, you know I am a meat eater so maybe I can do my bit to reduce the my consumption of red meat um, so I can understand like how these small and really small and subtle changes right can really go a long way. Um, I also want to pick up what you said about plastic as well plastic is a huge, um, problem as well because we've always, we've always seen that animals like millions of animals are killed by plastics every year from birds to fish to other you know marine um, or, or you know organisms and so I do think that plastic is something that we really should try and you know reduce the use of right everyone in the next section we're going to have a look at Thomas' um opinion about kind of um, what effect do the climate change campaigns or protesters have on the eventual outcome of the conference. <music>
1: I'm talking more about protesters or campaigns. Mm. I, I couldn't really say as kind of what I was doing was more based in kind of arenas or more central parts. Whereas yeah. I think protesting was kind of not in the area I was in, so I didn't really see many protesters. And in fact, I don't think I saw kind of one protest much, which is a I don't know, it might have been surprising when it might have because <laughs> I was in the wrong area, yeah. but I think it could be quite a positive outcome as I think it spreads kind of awareness to people around mm. the protesters and also for the protesters. I think it allows maybe younger generations, older generations, whatever generation you are to mm. speak out about the current situation and maybe your kind of thoughts and feelings, you're able to express them and talk with other people that share the same opinions as you yeah and due to this you can kind of as again i've mentioned before mm. collate a positive collaborative effort to kind of all make a change to all stop mitigate and reduce uh, the climate change and the effects it has on the planet
0: yeah thank you for that that's actually been quite insightful i think um in terms of the protests i didn't actually personally see one but i did watch it on the news as well and i did that i did see that kind of like you know climate change and. Uh, you know basically protesters who are really you know um, really passionate about the environment for example if you look at Greta Thunberg you know she has really attracted international attention um, since you know I think she did a um, she um, there was like a school strike that she was involved in that she began and it's now actually like grown into a global movement that has literally brought like I think it's more than 10 million people right onto the streets you know worldwide to demand action on climate change and I think that there's something about someone or, or a group of people standing up against something because then that can either go one way um, in terms of people can either say no I'm not going to join it or in this case it was a positive you know movement because now we've got more than 10 million people worldwide really getting um, involved in this kind of protest and demand action on climate change so I do think that's interesting and I do make reference to what you were saying as well so that's really insightful and thanks again uh, for you know you know, for sharing that with with both myself and with the listeners so i'm more than aware that a successful cop summit must include all major players so what is your take on china and russia not attending the summit as they are big polluters
1: well i think um them attending i think quite a lot of people would kind of have the same same feeling as me it's quite unsatisfactory it's kind yeah. of let down by them not attending I kind of got an analogy saying kind of going to a football match where your captain and main striker main striker is gone <laughs> so you can say China and Russia are the main strikers and main captains because yeah. where most responsibility lies it's gone China and Russia probably have the most responsibility on the climate mm. and where kind of you rely, you rely on your striker as the person who provides kind of the outcome where you can almost mitigate or stop uh, one example is the coal For example, the coal, China and Russia, what happened, they kind of changed the agreement in the last (laughs) second to instead of phase out to phase down, Mm. which uh, many people might know about this. So I feel it's uh, quite an unsatisfactory outcome
0: yeah i completely agree i think it was very disappointing and unsatisfactory because they are big polluters i think even joe biden the u.s president actually kind of criticized the leaders of um, china and russia for not basically turning up she said that you know climate was a gigantic issue and that china walked away and he added that it was the same thing with russia and, and putin as a whole as well so i think that that's quite important as well um because I was actually reading, I was doing some research in order to kind of help put this episode together. And just for my own personal knowledge, really, and, you know, um, China is actually the world's largest emitter of carbon dioxide, followed by the US, and Russia is the fifth largest. And I, I really like the football analogy that you gave. Um, and I think that, you know, as you were saying, they move from a phase out to a phase down. If I Um, caught that correctly. So I think that is really important. And I think that if we are going to have a collective approach to mitigating something, then we all need to be present, you know, so that we all can hear what's being said and make a difference as well and show our support for that cause um i also want to say that um i just want to ask so i'm 19 right i'll be 20 next year and hopefully one day i'll have my own children i'm sure like a lot of people my age hopefully want to have children themselves and so is the pace in your opinion is the pace of change right and if it's not right you know what future will my children and other people's children then inherit
1: i uh, was answering this question uh, <laughs> and i've kind of fact-checked why i said it's uh, china and india not china <laughs> and russia before anyone uh, calls me out for your children I think right now there's quite a lot of in- inversible reaction, irreversible reactions that are taking place from climate change. So reaching the 1.5-degree target, as everyone keeps mentioning, yeah. which was uh, agreed in the Paris summit in 2015, that will actually cause irreversible damage. It will mm. cause damage on the earth, where I think people have a misconception where it will not, where it's kind of the uh, safe haven, where if we mm. go above 1.5, there'll be a lot of consequences but actually 1.5 there are still consequences but the higher you go the more risk there is the more consequences although there is a pace happening Mm. right now I don't think the pace is right yet but how much time is there left there's barely Mm. any time left as we saw from the recent cop I Mm. don't think it was satisfactory enough yeah so it's not looking too bright (laughs) for the future generations so far and our generation but hopefully we can pull through in the next 10-15 years Mm. to kind of achieve fast and swift results into limiting climate change and um, kind of carbon emissions.
0: Yeah definitely thanks for those um, wonderful thoughts on that I think that yeah I think we do have quite a, a while you know quite a way to go. Um, you mentioned at the beginning something about um, India and China. Could you just uh, clarify that for me?
1: Oh no because uh, from previous question I said um, China and Russia were phasing down oh. coal but it was China instead of Russia it was India. So
0: Thanks for that clarification as well. I don't want anyone to call me out either. Um, yeah so now I'm just going to basically read out this. So I think that what was really echoed from the COP summit was basically that we all have to stand together to make this collective change. And, you know, the U.S. president, I'm sorry, actually, our U.K. uh, Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, actually said that. But while COP26 will not be the end of climate change, it can and must mark the beginning of the end. Do you think that Boris Johnson's recent kind of do you think that Boris Johnson's recent attitude to, you know, to, to the COP summit really was echoed in the statement? Or do you think it was a bit hypocritical what he said at the COP summit?
1: I think kind of being a prime minister in his position, I think any mm-hmm. prime minister would say the same thing as him. Yeah. Because if you don't, you kind of the whole country or the whole world would kind of looking at you and say, what, <laughs> this is kind of against the general consensus. Yeah. There'll be quite a lot of conflict. So okay. I think in his position, he kind of had to say that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. The reason I say this is because obviously my research, I was finding I was kind of like reading, you know, a number of of different articles and people saying there's one actually really interesting article here um that i was reading uh, from the independent and it actually said how boris johnson went from climate skeptic to eco warrior. so that they're noticing that kind of like that sudden shift in his kind of attitude and maybe it's obviously partly to do with the fact that he is the leader of the united kingdom and he has to obviously put on a united front and support these really important um, initiatives as well so thanks for your thoughts on that i just wanted to kind of get a brief um just get yeah. your thoughts around that really mm-hmm. oh, 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 oh Okay, so thank you, Tome, for um, appearing on today's show. Really appreciate your insights and your thoughts around the COP26 Summit. Be- before we end the show today, how can the listeners get in touch with you after the show?
1: I think the main way would be kind of through LinkedIn. So it's kind of Tome Gelsonov. So that is T-O-M-A space... Yeah. G-E-L-S-I-N-O-V
0: Thomas Gilsonov. Okay and just in case anyone didn't get that I'll put that all in the episode description So thanks everyone for tuning in to yet another episode of the Faith Brunel Insights podcast I'm Faith Brunel so for more information follow at Faith the Insights Use the hashtag Faith the Insights once you've listened to this episode and to any episode in the show and let me know your thoughts as so many of you have already done that so far Thank you to- once again to Thomas. All that's left for me to say is this is your host Faith Brunell. and I'm signing off Bye everyone